We're recording, Angry Face. <laughs> Sorry, I did that. What? You seemed angry that I called you Angry Face. No. Okay. Well, we're recording. You're going to cut that out, right? Yeah. Okay. The date is November 5th, 1975, in Snowflake, Arizona. Travis Walton, a logger, and his co-workers, Mike Rogers, Alan Dallas, David Whitlock, Greg Hayes, and Bobby Codgel, head to work in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest. Suddenly, they hear a high-pitched buzz. They look up to see a saucer-shaped object hovering in the sky, 110 feet away. Walton approaches the object. Suddenly, a beam of light appears from the saucer and knocks him unconscious. The rest of the men are terrified and drive away leaving Walton there. Walton wakes up in an unknown location, observed by three creatures unlike anything he has ever seen before. He fights them. He is led to another room by a human wearing a helmet. They put a mask over his face. He remembers nothing else until he is found, walking along a highway, a flying object in the sky, moving away from him. If this sounds like a movie, you're right. But what you may not know is that it's based off of a true story. Not only are UFO sightings common, but those who claim they've been abducted often have eerily similar descriptions of not only the aircrafts, but the creatures, as well as the claims of what is done to them, and how they're experimented on. We know the truth is out there, as we trust no one, and dig deep into UFOs and aliens this week on Dr. Scarelove. This is Dr. Scarelove. Welcome, Seekers of the Sinister. We hope you've got your tinfoil hats on tight, because this week's episode is going to be a wild ride. Pull them down. Put them over. Get the little antennae up top, you know. Don't <laughs> let them get in, but you're picking up all the signals you want to pick up, and this is one of them. And we're so happy that you are here listening to our signal. Hell yeah. Thank you for all you do, dear listeners. We love that you listen, but we'd love you even more if you told us what you think. Don't be shy, you know. You got your tinfoil hat on? Send us some love or hate. We, we can take hate. <laughs> We're a couple of English nerds. You know, we got PhDs in English. Yep. We're used to hate. We are. So send us that love or that hate on social media. So today, we abduct you into the strange world of UFO sightings, abductions, ufologists, aliens, and more. I've always found that word so funny because I've heard it UFOologists or just ufologist ufologists ufologists yep i I didn't know no like i that's the thing i don't think there's a correct pronunciation for Mm -hmm. an acronym ologist yeah like it like what if i'm a scubologist scubologist what does scuba stand for again i don't remember but i know it's a what does ufo stand for unidentified flying object absolutely scuba stands for self-contained underwater breathing apparatus um but today we are not talking about scuba gear we are talking about the history, the real life accounts, and some really scary shit about aliens, UFOs, and everything in between. Fun fact. Once, uh, we actually dressed up as Scully and Skinner from the X-Files for Halloween. Um, and as you know, we are professors. Yeah, it, and, was, it was, well, hold on. I feel like before we go any further on that, we have to recognize that you're pretty. 
and you dyed your hair red. And I you did. That was looked, a horrible mistake. But you did look uh, uh, very similar yeah. to Jillian Anderson. And it was hot. She had... Well, thanks. Well, I mean, she had a pantsuit. I did. And, you know, never really been into pantsuits until that day. I was really into her pantsuit that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anybody knows what I look like, not David Duchovny. Never going to pull that off. So, especially because I don't but have hair. But you do have a shaved head, so he could do Skinner perfectly. I don't have any hair. Uh, well, I've got, like, the kind of crown, like the like the Homer Simpson. Yeah. And so we shaved that more severely, uh, so I looked like Skinner. It was awesome. Yep. It was really awesome. Yeah, and we were really excited to show everybody uh, at the school we were teaching, uh, University of Louisiana, um, that we were, you know, Scully and Skinner, FBI agent extraordinaire, seekers of the unknown, seekers of the sinister. Yep, uh, but nobody knew who we were. Not and a single was, person. Nope, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, except for uh, our department head. She she was really excited about it. But, yeah, because she's also but, awesome. But she's Yeah, she's cool. Um, we actually even went as far as to make, like, fake uh, FBI badges, and we we stopped into a store. No, it was the bank, remember? Oh, yeah, it was the bank. <laughs> I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, we stopped into the bank, and uh, uh, the bank teller actually thought we were FBI agents. He got all freaked out. They got all I freaked out. They're that. like, oh, my gosh, the FBI's here. Like, no, and it's so, fucking Halloween. <laughs> no, I just did a really good job making these fake FBI badges. And then I thought about it afterward. Like, we could have gotten in trouble for that. Yeah, I didn't like, even think about it. Well, I think that, you know, on on or around Halloween, I think any uh, police officer probably would have been like, well, obviously you're not trying to impersonate yeah. uh, an FBI agent for any sinister purposes uh, or ulterior motives. But you also do look kind of like Skinner, like a, like a chubbier version of Skinner. Yeah, and, you know, I've always wanted to be a Scully, but let's be honest, I think I'm more of a Mulder. And I'm definitely more of a Scully. Yeah. But, you know, that's only on Friday nights when I, you know, kind of put on some fishnets. Uh, yeah. Although Scully never watched, uh, she never wore fishnets. Um, but anyway. Anyway. Let's keep going. Uh, anyone out there ever had an, a UFO or alien experience? We want we you to tell us about it. Want to know. Yep. We really do. But for now, we'll tell you what we know. And I'm Krista. I know that you're Krista. That's what I know. That's mm-hmm. one. Th- that's the one thing I do trust. My I don't name, trust a lot. My but name I, is Krista. I trust that your name is Krista, or at least I trust that you have told me and signed a marriage certificate as Krista. Yeah. Uh, but I'm Drew, and uh, you're listening to File 16. You gotta be fo kidding me on Doctor Scarelove. We started out this episode with the account of Travis Walton's alien abduction. Which is kind of a crazy thing in general. Like, mm-hmm. um, if you've seen the movie Fire in the Sky, it's a pretty good indication uh, of the events that transpired. Um, and, and, you know, there are some kind of crazy details. You know, him being levitated, him being, like, picked up and then thrown back down, all that kind of stuff. And I understand that his friends were a little freaked out. And their behavior afterward didn't make things go that awesome for them. If what happened indeed really did happen, not only did his friends leave him there, like a bunch of just like corn-fed assholes, yeah. they didn't even check to make sure he was dead and not just passed out. But then again, at the same time, like, if you saw a UFO, pick up your friend and then throw yeah. him down, would you get out of the truck? Yeah, I'd be like, are you okay, dude? Absolutely not. I'm sorry, bro. We told you to get in the car beforehand. You didn't. And we you don't got know picked if that actually happened. Like, like a toy, 
I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, like, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good friend. Mm-hmm. And I, I would stick by my friends until they're an asshole. And they're not listening to reason. Do I get killed just because my friend's an asshole? I guess that's the nature of friendship, isn't it? Yeah. I should get killed. Okay. Um, however, things didn't really go that well after the fact for Walton's friends. They were basically accused of murder uh, for the five days that Travis Walton was missing. And when he was returned back to Earth, everyone just kind of assumed this was a great big giant hoax Mm -hmm. to make money. And it doesn't really give a lot of credence uh, to their story when, you know, the co-workers left behind, uh, they were given a polygraph test uh, by, by the police. Um, but they were also interviewed by the Inquirer and the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, and they all passed, except for one who was ruled out as inconclusive. Now, the Inquirer did pay them mm-hmm. quite a bit of money for their story, and so that leads a lot of credence for the, the notion of hoax. Um, at the same time, you know, we're talking about people, like, why would you deny money, especially if you know, you're telling your truth and you're getting paid for it. Why not? Right. So although rumors spread that Walton and his family were fans of UFOs from the Sharif, sorry, that's a typo, not the Sharif, the sheriff. Um, Those words I can't spell. (laughs) Thanks for nothing. PhD. Thanks for nothing. No, I actually knew that it was sheriff, but I saw it and I wanted to say Sharif. Sharif, I like it. Rock the Casbah. Rock the Casbah. I don't even know what that means. How can you be a fan of a UFO? I don't but know. But I, I think it means, you know, <coughs> collector, excuse me, of, you know, stories and, uh, you know, newspaper clippings. and <coughs> Kind of like me. Yes. I am like... a huge fan of UFOs, so I guess I'm, you know. You're an amateur ufologist. Yeah. Yeah. Walton, even after he was returned to Earth, if he was ever left Earth, Stuck by his story. Mm-hmm. Skeptics like uh, Philip J. Class think it was all a hoax, claiming the polygraphs were poorly administered, although the guy who supposedly administered them was the best polygraph giver. Polygrapher? Yeah. Polygraph Poly- administrator? Administ- administrator? Polygrapher? Polygrapher. Uh, yes. Uh, the Polygraph man. The, the poly- polyamorous... Um, <laughs> That's something whole di- wholly different. Polyamorous uh, polygraph uh, <laughs> decider, mm-hmm. uh, decider, decipherer, mm-hmm. um, was actually considered to be one of the uh, greatest in this field. So I trust him. I, the, we trust experts, and he seemed to be an expert. Um, so I don't know if the claims of it being poorly administered is a thing or not, uh, but... Nobody stuck to the same story, which I also, that's not true because everything I've ever read about it, they all said the same thing. And mm-hmm. that was the weird part. Um, be that as it may, if it was a hoax, why could nobody find him for five days? Despite a literal, like, army mm-hmm. looking for him. Yeah. Alien abductions are super scary and super common. That's the thing. It's not, not only are they scary, but they happen all the time. You probably know someone who claims to have been abducted by aliens. Yes, or you know that Seen a UFO. The crazy Ralph of your town. Yep. You know, talking about it. Think Maybe of not Ra- so crazy. Think about Randy Quaid in pretty much every movie he's ever been in. Yeah. He could have been abducted by an alien and everything. Mm-hmm. But in Independence Day, remember he has a vendetta. 
against the aliens that abducted him. He said, uh, hello, boys. Mm -hmm. I'm back, you know. <laughs> but then again, also in Christmas Vacation. Little bit of a screw loose. Yep. Might have been from uh, an abduction. The shitter was full. The shitter was full. And by shitter, he means his brain. Yep. And all the things the aliens pumped inside of him, because they live out in the desert. Things are a little weird. He's got a metal plate in his head. Whatever. But they're super scary. Super common. But where do they come from? You know? Like, when was the... You know, when did people really start believing in UFOs as a thing? Let's go back in time. Let's talk about it. Krista? Let's go. Gladly. Back, back, back in, in time. It's so sad. I did? Gladly. Gladly. <laughs> you sound like a like a I'm a little deadpan sometimes. You are. You kinda of sounded like a like a um like a concubine that like doesn't really like that she has to be a concubine. Like massage my feet, mistress. Gladly. Like <laughs> you're gonna do it. But you're not really happy about it. Well, I'm super excited because UFOs scare the fuck out of me. Wait, you're happy that you're scared? Well, you know, it's one of those things you're just fascinated by. It's almost like you love to be scared. Yeah, I do. Like Dr. Scare Love. Exactly. Hey! That's why we're doing this. All right, take me back in time. All right. Uh, so while claims of UFOs have existed since about 240 BC, um, Halley's Comet, we want to focus on claims that have been reported, documented, and investigated more recently. So let's start with the first modern example. Um, a guy named Kenneth Arnold. So the first well-documented UFO sighting occurred near Mount Rainier, Washington, on June 24th, 1947, when businessman Kenneth Arnold claimed to see a group of nine high-speed objects flying in the air. He claimed the objects were flying at speeds of several thousand miles per hour and that they moved like saucers skipping on the water. That's how he described them. Is that where we got, like, the term flying saucer? Yep. That's so awesome. So, the U.S. Air Force um, formally listed this claim as simply a mirage. Um, but the newspaper that reported this claimed that they were saucer-shaped. Although Arnold just claimed that that's how they moved. Arnold actually claimed that they looked like a crescent moon. Holy shit, mind blown. Yep. So, uh, thus begins how flying saucers were born. Wow. So... He actually didn't say that they were saucer-shaped. He said that they moved like saucers skipping on the water. But what's a saucer skipping on the water? Um, my guess is like... Like a, like a teacup saucer? No, my guess is like a like a sled. Like you pull a sled behind a boat. But why, do you call it it a so why would you call it a saucer, though? I don't know. That's, That's just... what I mean. Like, would, did he mean that, like, if you were to throw, like, a like a saucer plate... Yeah, like skipping no, rocks. Oh, it makes like sense. Rocks are yeah, saucer yeah, yeah. Shaped. Okay, okay. I think that's what he meant. That's cool. Um, but he. So it's it's about the movement, the bouncing. Yes. Okay. That's the movement. But like he the up claims and down. that they were actually crescent, crescent moon shaped. Huh. Maybe that was just the light he saw in the front of it. Maybe. I don't think we can ever convince anybody otherwise that UFOs are not saucer shaped. Now I know it's all because of the media. Thanks, Ken. No, I'm sorry, not Ken. Thanks, media. The newspaper. Fake news. Fake. <laughs> Back, back then, even in 1947, fake news about saucers. You know, they just heard saucer and like, we're going to go with that. All right. Yeah. What if he said it was like, let's think about it. What if he said it was something different mm -hmm. uh, that was, you know, skipping across the, the water like. Crucifix shaped. Yeah. What if, <laughs> it, uh, it was, uh, I don't know. It kind of resembled like a frying pan, <laughs> you know, being skipped across the water. Would it be frying pan shaped 
unidentified yeah. flying pans. Unidentified flying pans. Flying pans. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, media. All right. So that's where we get flying saucer. But little did you know, the same year, the Roswell, New Mexico incident happened. I've never heard of Roswell ever in my life. Tell me about it. Let, let me do that. Um, so July 6th, uh, rancher W.W. Mac Brazel came across a mysterious 200-yard-long wreckage near an Army airfield in Roswell, New Mexico. Hmm. Which, I think it was his own property, right? Uh, I, th- I think it was. But also, can we talk about the fact um, that people don't have these kind of names anymore? No. Like, his name is just W.W. Brazel. Yeah. But people called him Mac. Mac. I mean, maybe his, you know, WW. Anything WW. World Wide Web. Well, yeah. <laughs> but like two two uh, two abbreviations, you know, like HH, HH Holmes, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, he went by Chuck. Chuck. Like, no big deal. <laughs> um, the newspapers did report that as a flying frying pan, didn't they? Uh, flying saucer. Oh, flying. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I got, I got, I got my uh, UFOs mixed up. Yeah. And so uh, the U.S. military issued a statement saying that it was just a weather balloon, mm. despite the newspaper um, photographs suggesting otherwise. So it looked weird. They're like, this is just this is just a weather balloon, but the photograph looks like a flying saucer. You know, I've seen so many pictures of UFOs. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever actually seen a photograph of a weather balloon. No. You know what I mean? I'm sure it just looks like a hot air balloon that has a bunch of instrumentation on the bottom. Here's where it gets weird. Yeah. Okay. So, Brazel then ran into uh, Sheriff Wilcox and suggested that he may have found, quote, a flying disc. Wilcox then called RAAF Major Jesse Marshall, who brought in Lieutenant Colonel Sheridan Cavett and Master Sergeant Bill Rickett to the ranch where um, ore pieces of the wreckage were picked up. Ore. Wow. I don't okay. know what that means. Well, or, you know, type of rock. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, not rock, uh, metal. Mm-hmm. Like iron ore. Mm-hmm. So on July 8th, um, RAF Public Information Officer Walter Hout issued a press release stating that uh, personnel from the field's 509th Operations Group discovered a, quote, flying disc which crashed on a ranch near Roswell. So after this, a message was sent to the FBI which described the wreckage saying the disc is hexagonal in shape and was suspended from a balloon by a cable which balloon... The balloon was approximately 20 feet in diameter. The object found resembles a high-altitude weather balloon with radar reflector. So, looks like a weather balloon. Not sure if it's a weather balloon. Looks like a weather balloon. Sounds like a weather balloon. Why doesn't anyone know what's going on? Probably not a weather balloon. The thing is, like, right off the bat, I'm, I'm wondering, like, why didn't some weather organization say, hey, we lost our balloon? Or even if it's the military. Nobody like, ever did. That's what's nobody weird. Nobody did. But I also, I want to point out, too, that I think the aliens are controlling you. Me? Right now. Yeah, because you said that the disc was hexagonal shaped. Hexagonal? How do you... How... Hexagonal? hexagonal? Um, and I'm not making fun of your pronunciation. I, I think it's funny that you mixed hexagonal and Minerva McGonagall in, 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 this, in the same word. You know, I'm just really excited about UFOs. You're excited about UFOs and Harry Potter, and that's the thing. You know, uh, that that's our world. <laughs> that's our world. Maybe, maybe, maybe Hogwarts is actually in a different realm, a different alien plane of existence. No, it doesn't work. Okay. No. Fine. All right. So back to the story. Uh huh. Back to Roswell. Yeah. 
um, which complicates this matter even more. Um, the object was then ordered to be flown to Fort Worth Army Airfield, um, where Warrant Officer Irving Newton confirmed it was a weather balloon. If they already knew it was a weather balloon, why did it need to be transported somewhere? Okay. To be confirmed. So, yeah. Despite actually being a device to monitor nuclear tests. So, at this time, no one wanted to actually claim that this was supposedly some sort of device to monitor nuclear Yes. I mean, we, we have to recognize that in 1947, uh, New Mexico was the site of... Well, this time in general was mm-hmm. was the area where nuclear uh, atomic weaponry was being tested. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. So here's where it gets even more weird. Uh, in the 1970s up until the 1990s, UFO researchers uh, Stanton Friedman, William Moore, Carl T. Patrick, and the team of David D. Randall and Donald R. Schmidt obtained hundreds of documents as a result of the Freedom of Information Act. And this is going to come into um into our discussion a little bit more but as of right now um so from this information they concluded that there was at least one alien crash near roswell and alien bodies were recovered and a government cover-up had taken place makes sense so additionally in 1994 um united states general accounting office launched an inquiry in response to these reports um, they directed the U.S. Secretary of the Air Force to conduct an internal investigation, and the results are two things. One, the first concluded that the material recovered in 1947 was likely debris from Project, uh, Project Mogul, Mogul, a military surveillance program. Two, the second uh, report released in 1997 was that reports of uncovered uh, or recovered alien bodies were likely jumbled memories of dummies, um, I'm sorry, jumbled memories of dummies from Operation High Drive, um, so high-altitude parachute testing with UFO hoaxes perpetuated by the media um, in combination with the psychological effects of the era, fear. Okay. So a lot of weird stuff going on, a lot of weird um, memory happening. And although we kind of understand what Roswell, New Mexico was, it was probably not alien information. That does kind of set the stage for other things to happen. Yeah, I, I guess um, I've always wondered, you know, people are always like, oh, something happened. Roswell, blah, 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 blah. And very well could have, you mm-hmm. know, but I've never. Here's the thing. I I love the X-Files. I love all that kind of stuff. Oh, me too. But my first I thing is. I have an is, X-Files tattoo. Why, why does the government want to cover it up? Oh, we'll talk about it. I mean, it's a, it's a fair question, right? Like. Oh, it's a government cover-up. For what reason? What reason does the government have to keep this knowledge away from the general public? I guess maybe mass hysteria? Mm-hmm. Do you think right now, if all of a sudden it was confirmed there were aliens, would there be mass hysteria? Or people like, yeah, I knew that. Um, I, I would lose it. What do you mean lose it? Like, I don't know. I, I think what it would, would you make do? Me Run more... outside? Burn your clothes? Like, wh- what? I think it would make me more paranoid. Why? Well, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things. Like, do you or don't you? Do you believe in God or don't you? Do you believe in ghosts or don't you? Would and you once be more you're given evidence to... to actually believe, yes or no, this is a real thing, that kind of changes the way that you operate in the world. It changes your belief system. So you're saying that you would be more inclined to believe in God if you knew there were aliens? 
No, no, I was just saying, you know, examples oh. of other things. Like, either okay. you believe in the, that they exist or you don't believe that they exist. That is exist. a good question, though. Before we go any further, let me ask you this. Do you think that if suddenly uh, aliens were confirmed to, confirmed to exist outside of, you know, the Earth, the round Earth, not the flat Earth, um, would there be a sudden rush into religious fervor? Or would I think... We, or would it be the opposite? I think it would be the opposite because does the Bible actually talk about aliens? No, it just talks about the Earth, right? Yeah, that doesn't. But I think I and I've I have asked people about that, and they said, "Oh, well, you know, if God exists in other places, He has His word for them there." That's fine. You know, we're not going to get into that. But no. Would it really be that much of a change, knowing that there are other beings out there? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that that would. Uh, really complicate people's belief systems. It would. And I think we, we, we can get into this later. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me more about what happened around that time. Uh, Project Blue Book. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? Uh, yeah. I, I usually, uh, whenever I assign a, a writing test, um, mm-hmm. suddenly all of my students forgot to bring a Project Blue Book. Oh, well, this is something different. In. Oh, okay. okay. Tell me about it. So in 1948, uh, the U.S. Air Force began an investigation of Project Sign reports. Um, so Project Sign was some sort of um, Air Force operation. Okay. So people involved in this project uh, supposed that the UFO reportings were actually sophisticated Soviet aircraft. Um, but some researchers suggested that they might be from other worlds. So thus this project was born. Sure. Then Project Sign was replaced by Project Grudge, which is a great name. That's a great <laughs> name. Project Grudge? In, yeah, in 1949. And then uh, was eventually replaced by Project Blue Book in 1952, headquartered at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. Fun fact, that's where I was born. Dayton, Fun Ohio. Fact, uh, Wright-Patterson. First in flight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the purposes of this project was to compile reports of more than 12,000 sightings or events, um, with each report being classified as either identified or unidentified. Um, the latter cor- category made up of about 6% of the cases. Wait, hold on. This is 1952? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, yep. think about that. From, uh, 47 to 52, there's been 12,000 reported sightings. Yes, well... So there's obviously some fervor going yes. on. Yes, and so Project, Project Blue Book um, looked at actually sightings from 1952 to 1969. Oh, so they were compiling they and were looking They were compiling, at, okay. and then they looked at just these 12,000 cases that existed between the years of 1952 and 1969. So they were kind of so, like looking into all reports and then deeming them either yeah, can identified we explain or this un- or can we not explain okay it? gotcha yeah. gotcha so six percent of twelve thousand is and you know i'm no math whiz but i did some math 720 sightings you know what that means about 720 sightings cannot be explained by even the fucking air force scary Until is that not scary no just in that brief time that's, those are the sightings they looked at. They said this is either classified or unclassified. The classified ones, oh yeah, we can explain that. That's like a mirage. It's weather. It's um, some sort of light, whatever. Sure. 720 different sightings cannot be explained by even the Air Force. But we special trust project. those organizations to be able to explain things for us, right? They're also fallible people. Why can't they explain it? Because you're expecting the Air Force to have all the answers. Well, they do. They know stuff that we don't know. They don't. They don't tell us what all of their of secrets. Stuff? Uh, secret government secrets. Okay. 
Here we go. Here we go. Okay. To be fair, I can see where your eyes are going. I can see your, you know, hamster wheel going right now. I get it. It, it sounds... This is how That's how I sound uh, inside my brain when I'm talking about UFOs. And over the course of 17 years, if there are, you know, 720 experiences they have no explanation for, sure. That's... Kinda. Is that not insane to it's you? It's crazy. Absolutely. So I actually read... Um, I forget what it's called, but there's maybe a Netflix show that is about Project Blue Book or is going to be about Project Blue Book. Okay. uh, Which I'm very interested. I haven't done, I should have done more research on that, but. I wonder why it was called Blue Book. I wonder why anything's ever called what it is. I don't know. Like, you know, Operation Overlord or, you Mm -hmm. know, things like that. I don't know. Maybe we should do an episode on that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, do you want to talk about early abductions? I do. I do. I really do. Um, you know, Ronald Reagan, uh, he was a pilot, um, flying a small plane in 1951. He was struck by a UFO. Apparently the aliens remembering tall metallic stalks of asparagus apologized for breaking his plane and tried to cure his cancer. Fortunately, he died of a brain disorder shortly after. That is not Ronald Reagan. Yeah. I said Ronald Reagan. I didn't. I just saw Reagan. I forgot to put the first name. I don't remember his first name. Uh, this is me uh, poorly doing research. But what I would like to point out is um, shiny stalks of asparagus. That no, sounds really no. scary. What I want to point out that what you all out there listening, who you thought was Ronald Reagan was not the actor. Was not the president. Was in fact an imposter. It was an alien. The real <laughs> Ronald Reagan was flying in 1951. He was struck by a UFO. And apparently aliens, who resembled tall metallic stalks of asparagus, apologized for breaking his plane, tried to cure his cancer, but he died. Yep. And then one of them was like, oh man, I feel really bad that I did this. Let's create a president. <laughs> I'm going to create, no, I'm just going to pretend to be this guy. We're going to go on to fame and fortune in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to become an actor. We're going to create Reaganomics. And then... That's all bullshit. Uh, in 1954, Paris Match, uh, the, uh, the the publication, wrote about the 1921 encounter where an anonymous writer claimed to have been snatched by two tall men who wore helmets and diving suits who took them to an oddly shaped tank before being released. Yeah. It just sounds like SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Um, and then Antonio Villas Boas was a Brazilian farmer who claimed to have been abducted by aliens in 1957. He was working at night in his field. He saw what he thought was a like a like a sort of red star mm-hmm. approaching him. And then realized it was a circular or egg-shaped vehicle in the sky. When it landed, three quote legs extended from it. Obviously, Boaz tried to flee. Why'd you wait that long, bro? Like why'd you wait for its legs to extend? First, on his tractor, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just gotta I th- laughed when I read that, I too. Think about, I think about this, like, I gotta get away. Let me jump on my tractor. <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, like, I don't think of tractors as being, you know, high-performance speed machines. I mean, no. Every time I got stuck behind a tractor in Wisconsin, I'd get pissed. You know, I wouldn't beat my horn, but I'm like, oh, man, this tractor is going so slow. Of course you wouldn't beep your horn. It's like beeping your horn at, like, an Amish carriage. Like... <laughs> Get out of the way, horses. Oh, man. I hated the Amish carriages, too. Is that like a Wisconsin problem? Uh, no. Pretty sure it's a problem 
anywhere Amish people are. No, not just Amish people, but being stuck behind tractors. It feels like a oh tractors, sick, yeah. you know, special Wisconsin Midwestern kind of experience. Like maybe you wouldn't get stuck behind a tractor in L.A. You know. No, That's... because why would there be a tractor in the city in a metropolis? Tractors are specifically for rural regions. Yeah, Midwestern. Right. So yeah, I'm right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, this guy Boaz, he uh, it, it, either Boas or Boaz. I'm gonna say Boaz because there, you know, there's that folklore dude, Friends Franz Boaz, Boaz mm-hmm. anthropologist, homie. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to flee on his tractor. Maybe he was souped up. You know, maybe he had, uh, you know, maybe he just took off the catalytic converter or other car stuff, made it faster, souped it up, maybe put a fart cone on it. Um. <laughs> But then that tractor just, you know, pooped out and he fled on foot, which is probably faster than the tractor in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to get on my bike <laughs> right away. I'm going to get in this golf cart and uh, try to get away from this UFO. But he was taken by this uh, vehicle. And by vehicle, you know, I think we're talking about a unattended, unidentified flying vehicle. Yeah, uh, the egg shape. The egg shape. He called um, it an egg-shaped vehicle. That's crazy to yep. me. Egg-shaped vehicle. I just picture, like, you know, like the Wienermobile, but then this is for, like, you know, the chicken or egg industry, which is the Eggmobile. Yeah, egg of the sky. Egg, egg of the, the universe. <laughs> there it is. The, uh, you know, Chris and I have been talking lately about starting our own cult. Um, yeah. And I think that that's what we're going to call it. Egg of the universe. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to worship um, ovaries mm-hmm. and that's going to be our deity, the egg of the universe. And you know what our, our, our meal is going to be? Um, fried eggs. No, we don't fry them. We love them. We can't ever eat eggs again? No, I don't want to be a not. part of this cult. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, Boaz was taken... Um, by this egg-shaped vehicle, by a humanoid figure wearing gray coveralls and a helmet who had small blue eyes and spoke in short barks and yelps. Mm-hmm. Which, you know what, I like, up until this point, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It's kind of freaky. Like, the, that that was, like, the description. Short barks and yelps. Yep. I just picture, like, a really pissed-off, like, Pomeranian. <laughs> but, like, in a creepy humanoid way. Yeah, like, like imagine auto, if, like an auto-tuned Pomeranian. Yeah, what if like Yao Ming just like showed up and just like barked at you? Oh. Yeah, kind of creepy. Once inside, uh, they took his clothes and he was covered in a gel. Hmm. That's what he said. He was covered in a gel, which a gel. makes me think of uh, the movie Fire in the Sky. Yeah. They put this like weird, um, I don't know. I guess it was like cheesecloth. Something. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like a saran wrap. Really freaky. Over out. him. Like, which is, you know, I remember watching that when I was like 10, mm-hmm. 12 years old. That was a really freaky part. So I can see, you know, being covered in a substance that you were unfamiliar with being scary. Mm-hmm. But then he was led into a room with symbols on the walls and was actually able to memorize them and recall them later for investigators. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty intense mm-hmm. in that kind of a situation to mm-hmm. re- recall these details. Um, then Boaz claims a female alien with bright red pubic hair entered the room and they had sex. Really? Really, Boaz? Mm-hmm. Like, you got covered in a weird alien gel. Mm-hmm. 
you memorized a bunch of alien words on a wall or symbols or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then you saw some bright red pubic hair and you were just into it. Mm -hmm. Like, not, okay, all right, sounds good. Um, And through a series of gestures afterward. Gestures meaning she pointed at her stomach and then she pointed at the sky over and over again. Uh, then Boaz was able to understood through that, that she was going to raise their child in space. Yep. I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, this guy seems like he's full of shit. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. He was then taken on a tour of the ship. Um, so this is the part when he, you know, um, saw his, uh, guest quarters. And this then... is actually a common thing in alien abductions. A lot of times, um, they will give someone a tour of the ship. Oh, okay, so they show them the Lido deck and, um, like, the the g- gymnasium and the outdoor pools um, and everything else on the cruise ship. A lot of it's technology. I know that you're being facetious right now. I'm being facetious. This shit is scary, man. It's not fucking scary. This sounds stupid. I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean, but, like, this guy is obviously making this up. He okay. obviously had, like, a weird fantasy about having sex with, like, a hot, like, ginger space seductress <laughs> okay how can you make this up he is in 1950s brazil he's a no formal education like, no how, formal ed- education how does he have the ability to make this shit up because he knows what a vagina looks like and you can all imagine this, it with red hair symbols and technology it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense right That's fair. well so, um, just to, you know, surmise and to, to, you know, maybe disqualify my, uh, um, um, I guess, um, uninterest or, um, disbelief in his tale. Um, he realizes that he was taken on a tour, uh, covered in a gel and impregnated a, a hot ginger alien in only four hours, only four hours had passed. Yeah. But he's stuck to a story for the rest of his life. How could he make this up? He was a peasant farmer, 1950s Brazil, with no formal education whatsoever. And now my response to that here is, I've made up a lot of stuff that I've I've stuck to my whole life. It's probably ridiculous enough. Like, like that I once had long flowing golden hair. You did. I've seen pictures. It wasn't long golden you know it was like the like the 2000s shaggy surfer punk kind of look it was shaggy yeah okay but i'm saying it's not that hard okay yeah he's stuck by his story that he banged a ginger alien like it's not sorry i know that like you're looking at me okay she's looking at me like i should believe this because she does i don't know if i believe it i just think it's i just think that it's um really specific it is although okay yeah, all right. Well, a 1958 letter to the NICAP, which stands for National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, mm-hmm. asserted that two U.S. Army soldiers witnessed two bright lights, red lights, near their base. They felt disassociated and suddenly found themselves in a new location with no memory of how they arrived there. Just another one-off. Yeah, nothing really else exists about that, but still kind of a weird, yep. uh, you know kind of a weird story yep then we gotta talk about betty and barney hill which you know um 
in addition to Boaz, this is the other most reported or most one of the most famous alien abduction encounters. And this is one that I have actually heard of. Oh, cool. um, and yes, Betty and Barney Hill. These are not sitcom characters. Uh, these are real people that existed. The couple claimed to have been abducted September 19th, 1961 in New Hampshire. The couple was driving back to Portsmouth after a vacation in Niagara Falls when Betty saw a bright light in the sky that seemed to move below Jupiter. Which, interestingly, how did she know where Jupiter is Like right then? Well, you know, sometimes um, I'll see something that looks like the moon and I'll, I'll Google it and I'm like, oh, that's actually Mars or, you know. You sometimes... mistake the moon for Mars? No, I'm like, okay, there's the moon. What's that other bright oh, sphere? Oh, oh, well, at certain gotcha. times, you I know, gotcha. I, I don't know a lot about um, astronomy. I but... gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so thinking she was seeing a falling star, she realized it was falling upward. Mm-hmm. Huh. Huh. I just, you know, falling upward, I just pictured um, one of our dogs running up the stairs really fast mm-hmm. and then tripping and literally falling upward. Or my, you know, my, my favorite... Um poetry books as a kid falling up oh, uh-huh. what's, oh shit what's his name shell silverstein? silverstein yeah shout out to my man shell so she sees this crazy stuff and betty urges barney to stop so they took their dog for a short walk after parking the car at a picnic area because that's usually what happens whenever um chris and i are driving together and she sees something crazy i just pull over and say hey it's a great time to walk the dog um you know because i believe <laughs> everything she's saying so i, I can kind of picture this I can kind of picture this situation. Oh, honey, it's nothing. No, but really, Barney, I saw. It's a, it was a thing. Okay, honey. Uh, I guess we'll pull over to use oh, the facilities and uh, may, uh, maybe walk the dog for a moment. We can check out your falling upward star. But Betty looked right at that light through binoculars and realized it was an odd-shaped craft. Yet Barney, ever the realist, Mm-hmm. Claimed it was just an airplane. You go, Barney. But when Barney looked through the binoculars, he realized it was not an airplane. And they hurried back toward the car as the craft started to move toward them. However, they still drove away slowly in order to watch it. Then the craft came right above the car, causing Barney to stop. With humanoid figures looking at them through the windows. Yeah, claims say that there are about eight or nine um, humanoid looking through the window. Humanoid figures looking through the window at them. Okay. Yeah. So Barney then said the aliens communicated with them telepathically, saying, stay where you are and keep watching. Yet Barney, suddenly frightened and less curious, tried to flee. But he and his wife were intercepted by a series of beeps and buzzing noises that altered both of their consciousnesses. They woke up having traveled nearly 35 south. 35 miles south of where they originally were now we had a similar we had a similar experience like that and you know let's not get into that right now um that was probably just me being tired not knowing where we were but like it was thanksgiving this story makes me think like his wife was super convinced of what she saw and he was kind of like you know what i'm just gonna go with my wife here he's being a good dude like i don't really see it but like yeah okay honey mm-hmm. like i believe that you believe it kind of like when you talk about believing that you saw a ghost in the house i'm like i saw a ghost in our house i'm not saying you did name is patrick baby i believe he died in this house i believe that you saw something in the house i believe that 
I believe that you saw some weird trick of the light. It's the only ghost I've ever seen. You got it. Okay. But what I'm saying is, he just seems like a nice husband. Not yeah. not telling her she's a crazy broad, um, but supporting her. Mm-hmm. Even if it, you know, he risks his own reputation. Okay. Let's talk about Area 51. Krista, tell me about Area 51. So, um, I just have a little bit about Area 51. By the way, my father's been there. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He's never told me anything about it because he can't. Okay. We're going to have to talk to Bruce. I'm going to call him after this. Okay. So, Area 51. Uh, In the 1950s and 60s, multiple UFO sightings were reported around Area 51 in Nevada, um, a site previously used by the CIA, the Air Force, and Lockheed Martin to test uh, flights of experimental aircraft. Yeah, I think X-51 or uh, X-15 was tested there. Mm, Okay. I think uh, Neil Armstrong was involved in that testing. Neil Armstrong of, you know, Apollo 11 Mm -hmm. thing. You know him? I do. I I don't know if if that's real or not. Sometimes you say things. Oh, no, that's real. No, I know he was involved in that testing. Oh, Uh, cool. If I'm, like, please, someone write in. This is off the top of my head, but X-15... Pretty sure it was capable of like 1,500 miles an hour or something. And we'll talk about some experimental aircraft. Cool. So declassified documents show Area 51 uh, was a home to a Cold War program called Oxcart. I don't know why I said it like that. Oxcart. Well, because you you expect like military programs to have like kind of badass names like Project Overlord or Operation Overlord. But all of a sudden it's like Oxcart. Oxcart. Yeah. What? How do they choose these names? I don't know. That's, That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, oh... This is, uh, this is, we're testing, um, you know, a serum to create super soldiers. It's called Radio Flyer. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, how's that? It, it's called Garden Ho. <laughs> yep. A <Uh>, panty liner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So let me tell you about Project uh, Project Oxcart. Uh, was dedicated to creating a spy plane that could be undetectable in the air and could be used to gain information behind enemy lines. Hmm. Um, Soviet Union. Sure. So, aircraft that resulted uh, were the SR-71 Blackbird, mm-hmm. the F-117 Nighthawk, and the Archangel 12 or A-12, which could travel at speeds of 2,000 miles per hour. So... Because these planes were so high-tech for the time, this fueled many rumors about Area 51, which really makes sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense. And so because, here's here's know. the thing with me. Like, I have this desire to believe these people. Yes. Some of these things are so specific. Um, but then again, I'm like, okay, well, a lot of this can be explained through other things. It can. And we also have to consider the time frame. Yes. You know, um, we were just getting really going in the space race mm-hmm. and also Cold War stuff. You know, yes. I mean... We really needed to prove to the world that we were better than our communist enemies. Yeah. So um, the investigation of UFOs has history in both the United States governmentally funded operations and citizen run operations um, and organizations, uh, which I found a whole list of these things that are actually still funded by the government and then also still privately funded, which I'm not going to go into those, but um, there are tons of programs that are still funded. By our government in the U.S. Yeah, uh, I know one of them right off the top of my head. It's uh, Planned Parenthood. How does that have to do with aliens? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm just Shout out to Planned Parenthood. We are fans. Oh, uh, well, I also know that you are a shadowy uh, government-funded organization. 
that hides alien baby births. <laughs> okay. But tell me, what else? <laughs> so, uh, more recently, on November, in November 2011, the White House released an unofficial response to two petitions, which asked the U.S. government to acknowledge formally that aliens have visited this planet and to disclose any intentional withholding of government interactions with extraterrestrial beings. Sure. And so here was the response from the government. Uh, they said, quote, the U.S. government has no evidence that any life exists outside our planet or that uh, an extraterrestrial presence has contacted or engaged any member of the human race. Also, according to the response, there is, quote, no credible information to suggest that any evidence is being hidden from the public eye. So the response further noted that efforts like NASA's Kepler Space Telescope and the Mars Science Laboratory is continuing to look for signs of life. Why wouldn't they? I mean, like, just because if if, if they're being serious right here, like mm-hmm. if they're being serious, they have no evidence of other life. Why wouldn't you keep looking? Yeah, it's a big world out there, right? And it by is. world, I mean universe. And so this is what they said. Um, additionally, that quote: the odds are pretty high. That there may be life on other planets, but, quote, the odds of us making contact with any of them, especially any intelligent ones, are extremely small, given the distances involved. And that's kind of my thought process. So. But, is any of that true? Is that just what they want us to think? I think that's just what they want us to think. The truth is out there, babe. The truth is out there. But are they keeping it from us? That's the thing. Why would they tell us the truth? Why wouldn't they? Why does the government tell us anything? What's the point? That's that's the thing. Like this is where we're gonna get into the whole Scully Mulder skeptic mm-hmm. versus believer thing. What's the point in keeping keeping it from us? I don't know. I mean, like what what like what is the point? To keep us obedient. To keep us. What? How would knowing that there are aliens keep us or make us, you know, start being civil disobedient? Like I said, people's belief systems would be completely changed. People would freak out. Well, you know, if Donald um, Trump got on Twitter right now and was like, hey, um, just read a report. Aliens exist. How do you think people would react? Well, well, let's let's say that anybody who supports Trump would be like, cool. Aliens are cool because he didn't in what you just said. Aliens aren't a bad thing. It also depends on how it's presented when the information is first, you know, delivered. Right. Yeah. If Trump comes out and goes. We need to build a space wall <laughs> for the aliens. Then people aren't going to like it. Well, but he's, if, he's creating that with the space force, right? <laughs> I think it's awesome. I actually like, you know, my my thoughts on Trump are are, are mixed, but mm-hmm. I think it's awesome that he he is putting money into the militarization of space, not mm-hmm. just for exterior forces from the globe, but from other countries that may use space as a way to attack us that's true but how, how how would we build a space wall do you think that's something he would want no that's what i'm saying like if you were to promote it as okay everybody hey uh i'm using twitter to officially announce that aliens do exist we have confirmation and they seem pretty cool like i'm uh, not 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 upset uh, with these guys don't listen to the fake news that aliens don't exist because they fucking do because they exist yes okay so if he says that um then most people who are followers of him will go oh awesome aliens are cool you'll start to see alien trump shirts and things mm-hmm. like that however uh everybody else that doesn't like trump will go well that's obviously a lie aliens don't exist 
Now, if it's the converse, if he were to come out and go, aliens do exist, and they they pose a serious threat to our conservative American way of life, and we're going to close the space borders and build that space wall, then the conservatives will hate aliens, and everybody else that aren't conservative will go, but wait, we don't really know that about aliens. It doesn't really matter how the information is presented. Do you want to put really put E.T. in a space person? Uh, well, it depends on how the information is presented. Yeah. But as a track record, America and humanity in general, if we don't understand it, we don't like it. And we're going to fight it. Yeah. Right? So. That's about That's, that's what I got. Space wall. Space wall. Uh, do you want to tell us about Fright Facts? I do. I do. I want to um, tell you a couple things that you can remember. Um, next time you are, let's say... Meeting with your guidance counselor. Um, they ask you what we, what you want to do for a living. And you tell them, have you heard this? Things to remember from today's episode for your next awkward conversation. The yeah. majority of people who claim to have been abducted by aliens claim that they were subjected to psychological and physical exa- experimentation. Much of the focus being on the reproductive system, mm-hmm. which actually, I mean, to be fair, makes sense to me. Like, when we study uh, life forms on this planet, we want to know how they reproduce, right? I mean, we want to know how, you know, their species has longevity. Yep. So, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Study, um, study, study penises, badges. And, and in addition to the reproductive system, I can't remember if I put this in here or not. But another focus, weirdly, is on the chin. Like, random blood samples being taken from people's chins. And then, um, biting of the chin. Weird, right? People have reported being bitten on the chin by an alien? Yes. Huh. Or, um, blood samples being drawn from the chin. Huh. Okay. Alright. I don't remember if I put that in there, but I just wanted to bring that up. Number two, um, most abductees claim to have experienced a series of the following events to varying degrees. Quote, capture, examination, conference, tour, loss of time, return, and theophany. We'll look into each of these as a, uh, you know, as a way to kind of explore them uh, more in depth. Mm -hmm. Uh, So capture, abductees claim unusual feelings right before the abduction, such as a desire to be somewhere else or a sudden feeling that something is going to happen. Kind of like a, you know, a haunted house or you know, uh, a haunting of some sort, like suddenly the world just feels off. Mm-hmm. It's There's something wrong. And oftentimes abductees will feel sudden intense anxiety for days at a time. Yep. Um, upon capture, they'll enter a different state of consciousness where they feel unusually calm. Mm-hmm. Then lights appear or sometimes a strange mist, sometimes both. Because of this altered state, some abductees will walk into the alien crafts, although some claim to have been levitated into it, mm-hmm. uh, like Travis Walton. Oftentimes, they're in a state of paralysis with no way of fighting that abduction, yeah, which I think, I think about, is the scariest part. I yeah, think, Mulder's sister being levitated out of the window in The X-Files. That's also a fictional show. Um, it is. Yes. It... I hear you. I hear you. Um, but... I think that is the scariest part. Um, mm. I think that in general, most things that are scary to anybody is loss of control. Yeah. And, and most stories about aliens, 
it's there never is no control there it's there's never any perceived uh control yeah you know that sort of thing um if uh the individual is traveling in a car at the time of the abduction oftentimes it's during the early morning or late at night and the car will fail or act oddly mm-hmm. like think about uh close encounters of the fourth kind fourth or third, third kind. I'm sorry. the fourth kind is just woo! i was thinking of four, fourth kind um yes the other that's another the other another. film we should we should do a mashup yeah of those two films um, upon getting out of the vehicle, the driver or passengers will often experience blank periods or amnesia and find themselves suddenly driving their car or standing near their car or far away from where they had been or exactly where they were with much time having elapsed. Uh, some will only remember the experience through dreams or hypnosis, mm-hmm. which, uh, check out the movie, the fourth kind, um, you know, for more on that. Mm-hmm. Um, a second thing that people usually uh, claim to have experienced is examination. Mm-hmm. These exams are a series of medical procedures that focus mostly on sex and reproductive biology. Aliens seem to be most interested in the cranium, drilling into it, intense heat placed on or near the ears, mm-hmm. um, the nervous system, skin, scraping for you know samples. Uh, reproductive system, forced sex with aliens, or long needles being roughly jammed into a woman's navel. Yep. Which, to be fair, again, if you're if you're trying to figure out the reproductive nature of a species, let's say that aliens do exist and they're trying to study us as if we are farm animals. Yep. They're gonna want to check out what makes the the chick tick, right? So you're gonna shove a needle into my belly button. That does not, not get me off. Me, it's not about getting you off. It's about trying to figure out how you reproduce. Hmm. You don't think that we stick long needles in what we perceive as subspecies navels? Come on. Oh, we do. We do. Abductees are usually asked to drink liquids instead of taking pills. Yep. Um, another thing that's been reported is conferences. You know, like the nature of conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, imaging. Uh, the abductee is made to view images, kind of yep. like um, Clockwork Orange, just like those eyes open, just like taking it all in, mm-hmm. envisioning things uh, where the images, instead of being broadcast to them or projected, they're uh, beamed directly into the into the abduct, abductee's mind. Um, then staging, hallucination-like mental visualization. Mm-hmm. That's really hard to say. <laughs> hallucination-like mental visualization. My bad. No, it's fine. It's, it's good. Uh, uh, testing. The abductee instructed to operate an electronic device. And despite thinking they do not know how, they do. Yeah. So what I learned was an alien will usually bring... Um, sometimes this happens during the tour. So we talked about the tour of mm-hmm. the, the aircraft. Uh, the human will be placed in front of an electronic device and they'll point at it be like, hey, use this. And the human's like, I don't know how to use it. But then they know how to use it huh that's kind of like uh you asking me a question and i don't know the answer but i just kind of like vomit out something that is correct <laughs> yeah yeah um and then there's warnings and prophecies explanations or ideas of a future disaster on earth um are given to to, to the person who's been abducted you know some kind of um not forbidden knowledge mm-hmm. but unrealized knowledge i yep. guess um and then uh there's also the return 
you know, after being placed back on this very round earth. If they ever come back. If they come back, yeah. Once they're placed back onto this round, not flat earth. Often the abducted uh, are returned to the same location. And circumstances um, to where they were prior to being taken are cloudy. Uh, Mm -hmm. But usually they'll be missing time. Sometimes hours, days, like Travis Walton was gone for five days. However, there are claims of aliens making mistakes when humans are returned. Such as placing them in a different room of the house. Or outside with all the doors locked from the inside. I mean, to be fair... You know, these guys are doing the best they can. They're trying to get you back to where you need to be. But, you know, sometimes they just get a little confused. You know, they yep. don't know about human architecture. No, nope, they forget. Or why that's important. Um, but then, more severely, uh, in the wrong location altogether. Such as being in the middle of a cornfield. With no indication of actually driving through it. Um, all the corn stalks were upright in the case of David M. Jacobs. Yep, his car, he just found himself in the middle of a cornfield, and there was literally no um, evidence of him driving into it. If you're driving through a cornfield, you're going to knock over some corn. Was his car with him? Yeah, he was standing next to his car, just in the middle of a field. So they abducted him and his car? Yeah. Or they tried to, or they tried to place him in his car I gotcha. somewhere, and I gotcha. he just found himself in his car. Or next to his car. I could just see a couple of aliens like, man, where did we pick this dude up? Yeah. Uh, that, I'm sorry, that, man. That I, cornfield? I forgot. Like, <laughs> that looks like a nice, you know, kind of blondish brown patch of earth. Let's put him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, wait, where's his car? Oh, yeah, grab his car. Just put it yep. next to him. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we're good. All right, let's go. Bye. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> um, other reports are that uh, the abductees were clothed when they went to sleep. But upon waking up, they're completely naked. And to be fair, that may not always be aliens. That could just be Krista having a couple of drinks. Uh, Sometimes (laughs) clothes will be folded up next to them. Sometimes the clothes will be lost. Also in the case of Krista being drunk. Other reports say that aliens (laughs) maybe tried to put their clothes on but didn't know how. Such as a shirt being put on the legs as pants, etc. Also, Krista... Having a couple of drinks. Okay, to be fair, sometimes I will take my clothes off in my sleep. and to So be, that that makes sense. To be fair, she also explodes quite often. Yeah. Drunk or not. She yeah. just walks into a room and suddenly there's a brassiere on the lamp. There's a shoe in the toilet. It's like she literally explodes walking into a room. You know, sometimes you get home, you just want to take <sighs> off your clothes. Yeah, one time I found her purse in the, in the fridge. Uh, realization of abduction is the, is the last category <laughs> we're going to talk about here. Not everyone realizes what has happened to them in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, the human mind, kind of like our previous episode, uh, the Lovecraft episode, people can't process yeah. what, what's been shown to them, what they've experienced. Mm-hmm. And so their own perception uh, affects their relation of these events to other people. Uh, so they, they see it differently, or so we're told. Sometimes people will remember one specific event. Others will only be able to recall memories through hypnosis or dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, the thing. We're going into, like, um, repressed memory kind of hypnosis where, you know, you're more susceptible to suggestion, too. Yeah. You know, um, if you're more inclined to believe in UFOs and suddenly you have a, a loss of a couple of days, maybe it's an alien. But in my case... It's, you know, me just on a bender. Mm-hmm. 
You know, suddenly I'm like, oh, I, I found myself in Bangkok. Well, how'd you get there? You know, a series of, of poor life choices. Not an alien. <laughs> you know, and that's something I don't think I read of any alien abductions where they're placed in a different um, country. Usually it's roughly the same area. So they're, they're considerate. They're considerate. They're like, oh, he doesn't have his passport on him. <laughs> <laughs> but they're aliens. They don't even know what that is. What's ID? You know? Maybe they do. We don't know. Well. I would assume that they're above that. Yeah. You know, that they have this kind of, like, transcendent uh, consciousness, Mm -hmm. you know, communication. Mm -hmm. Like, in my mind, aliens don't have verbal speech. Yeah, it's all... uh, It's all telepathy. Yeah. You know, it's all communication through gesture, if anything. But mostly, yeah, like the chick pointing at her belly, pointing at the sky. Like... Uh, this baby you just put into me, Mr. Boaz. I'm gonna raise it in space. I'm gonna raise it up there. You don't ever get to see it. But thanks, but thanks, you know. Mm-hmm. He went on to have, uh, kids and get married. Oh. He did, Boaz. But did he actually, like, not really care about them because he had a space kid? I don't know. Like, I, I kind of would. Like, I, no offense. Like, but if we were like to you're, ever... you're an okay kid, but I got I got an alien kid. Yeah, like, I'm really glad that we started this family. Like, it's nice. It's, you know, stable. It's vanilla. <laughs> but, like, I banged a, a ginger alien. And <laughs> my offspring is up there right now, just, like, ruling stuff. And one day he's going to come back for me. Never did. Be Never glad. did. Never did. But let's, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Can... All this be just explained away? That's what the government says. The government, you know, has explanations for all of this, whether it's weird weather phenomena, um, collective fears based on history. And honestly, I think 99.9% of this can be explained by something. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of it is just too weird. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what do you think? Like how weird, though? Well, like, um, like in the case of Boaz, you know, I think about him. He's a he's a Brazilian farmer in the fifties. How does he know what these symbols are? How can he imagine these kinds of things? Um, so, like, me being the skeptic and you being the believer here, you're saying that it's, you know, kind of impossible for a person to imagine unearthly things. I don't think it's impossible, but I just think some of the things he said were oddly specific. Okay, so someone who's not educated. Yeah, you know, not that you have, have to be educated, educated to not have use of imagination. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, in the case of our previous subject, Lovecraft, mm-hmm. who did not graduate high school, suddenly imagined creatures from another realm. Yeah, that's fair. That's a You fair know what one. I mean? Like, of course it can be explained away. You know, like, maybe he was actually, like... We don't know about his relationship status at the time. Mm-hmm. What if he went on a bender for maybe. a while? You know, he like, you know, he's a farmer in Brazil, right? But maybe he went to the big city. Maybe he went to Rio. Mm-hmm. You know, got himself like shacked up. You know, with some uh, some uh, ladies of the night. Maybe some uh, uh, what is that cocktail? Of uh, uh, red wine and coke. Uh, oh. Um... Chicharrones. No, that's, that's, that's something else. <laughs> um, it starts with a C, doesn't it? No, that's not it either. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna lose it. Uh, but there's also Fernet and Coke. Is uh-huh. another is another thing that they drink. Maybe he had a lot of Fernet and Coke. Yeah. Um, and 
he was just banging for a while and all he remembers is red pubic hair that's all he remembers so when his girlfriend's like where have you been for the last five days he's like honey i banging aliens I, it was an alien i was i was forced into alien sex and she was probably like oh honey i'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry let's start a real family <laughs> and then it happened right you can't say just because he wasn't very smart or he didn't have formal education and he was just a simple. I never said he wasn't smart. No, but what I'm saying is, you know, he's just a simple farmer. Doesn't mean he couldn't make this stuff up. That's fair. Right? And we also, you know, it, this is what, 1957? Mm-hmm. I, I think so. I, I, 50s. I mean, by this point, you know, people are already talking about aliens. And if he is as, you know, poor and indigent as what that story kind of seems, why wouldn't you make something up? Yeah. To get out, you know, to like do something better. I bet he made some money. Yeah. You know, telling a story. I I don't know um, much about money, but I do know that he never swayed from his story, which, okay, the rational part of my brain is being caught in an elaborate lie. I'm going to just keep going with that lie mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just I'm, I'm like yep i was abducted by aliens that's totally how it happened yep red pubic hair weird symbols like it's funny because you keep talking about the like the the oddly specific details all i remember from me reading it earlier was the red pubic hair that's it i know i read that and i was like that's so weird you know it, and i think that to be fair maybe he didn't experience red pubic hair in his culture as much maybe which to him is alien is foreign i don't know much about um brazilian Brazilian. genetics but i don't think um redheads are very common there i I, i'm gonna be honest i don't know it either but it seems like it would not be a, a a common thing and even having red hair on your head doesn't mean that you have bright red pubic hair either no i'm thinking of like aerial mermaid red hair but i'm also wondering Aliens, pubic hair. Yeah. Also, that just throws me. Like, I never think about. We never think about aliens having hair. Ever. We always think of being kind it's of. It's one of the first like, things I've ever heard of of having hair, and it's like not even on their dolphin-like skin. Yeah, their big old heads. Yeah. Like those are bald. Yeah. Why would the lady parts suddenly need pubic hair? And why does she have lady parts like a human? Uh, I don't know. You know? I don't know. I think he was lying. Just saying. He might have been lying. Might have been. And now you know. What are some of the scariest things you've seen, in, you know, in literature or film about aliens? Okay. They're not always bad. Like, E.T.'s a good alien. You know who's bad in that? Humans. Yeah. Right? My so, brother and I are very close in age, um, and we were terrified of E.T. for a long time. You were terrified of E.T. or the movie he itself? He scared me. Like Why the actual, did he scary? He's so nice. He's nice, but I think I was too young to understand the story. And I just remember this weird looking guy. My other um, early experience, which, um, well, actually two. Um, two of my favorite films, Close Encounters of the Third Kind mm-hmm. and Signs. Close Encounters. Signs is great. All I remember, and not all I remember, but my earliest memories is he just keeps having these weird visions and... His wife and kids are crying while he's making, like, mashed potato. Um, this is Signs? No, this is Close Encounters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's making, like, mashed potato, um, uh, 
sculptures and you know his kids are crying at the dinner table. The sculpture like, of Devil's Tower. Yeah, he's like, I can't stop doing this, and that scares me because it's like, he just has these visions, and then all of a sudden, all these other people start coming to this one area, and it's like do 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 do, and it it was kind of like a you know like a feel good movie, but, but also it scary. You? Yeah, I mean it, it's scary being like. Um... I guess prompted or urged to do something that, that you, you have don't no understand. Over. Yeah, no, that is great. Um, it's funny that you bring up you know that with the Devil's Tower, mm-hmm. like because there is a conspiracy out there that um, people believe that the Earth used to be populated by giants, mm-hmm. and the Devil's Tower is a, a leftover tree stump of Whoa. a giant tree. Whoa! Think about that. I can't. It's too big for me to... Well, I mean, the happen. size of that, that would mean there was like 40 giants that lived on <laughs> our sphere. Maybe 39, let's be honest. Just kidding. <laughs> so uh, let, and then, and then uh, Signs. Signs. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I always um, compare myself to the little girl in the movie with... Um, with all the glasses of water, because I have this like horrible habit of leaving half-drunk glasses of water all over the house. Yeah, I call her and the she's qu- like, I call her the queen of cups. Yep, and she's always like the water's contaminated, and then the water ends up um, hurting the hostile aliens. But what's scary is you never really get a clear picture of the alien. It's always like out of the corner of your eye, in between corn stalks, which is then, Lovecraftian in and of itself, or through mirrors or yep. reflections. And at the end, he goes swing away, swing away. Merrill is that his name? Yeah, his name's Merrill. Joaquin He's Phoenix. Like, Joaquin Phoenix, man, killer, such always killer, an incredible actor. Yep, yep. And Mel Gibson was really, really good in that. Yep. But um, so those are my early film encounters with aliens. I don't really have a lot of movies with aliens that scare me, because mm-hmm. um, honestly, aliens have never really scared me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm not. Um, just because I don't understand them doesn't mean that they're going to be frightful. You know, it doesn't mean that they're going to be a bad thing. Yeah. That, that, that I guess that's my thing. Uh, just because I don't understand them doesn't mean that I should be afraid of them. But I think the final question we have here is, do aliens exist? I'm going to say yes, just because there's not enough evidence to suggest otherwise. Yeah. And, and I'm I, kind of the person, I'm going to believe in something until I'm given a specific reason not to. Does that make me a bad person? What about person? God? I'm not saying God doesn't exist. I don't think we're ever going to understand how God exists. Okay. I'm not an atheist. No, I, I understand that. I don't really adhere to a particular religion I guess that, either. But what I'm saying is um, you're going to believe in it until you're proved otherwise. Mm-hmm. Does, it, does that mean like you're going to believe in anything until told that it doesn't exist? Well, no. Okay, maybe that was a bad way of me feeling. No, no, no. I, I got you. Because I feel like maybe what you're saying is kind of how I feel. Like... I'm more inclined to believe that aliens exist because of the vast immensity yes. of what we are compared to, you know, our world compared to, you know, the known universe. The law of averages tells me that there should be. That doesn't mean that there is, but, you know, based on my own human understanding of averages. And watching Cosmos. Shout out to <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. Sure. Absolutely. I uh, love that guy. What does he have to say about aliens? I don't know, actually. That's a good question. I'm going to tweet him. We should look into that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that it's more likely that there are aliens. Mm -hmm. Um, The second question would be, you know, if there are, let's just assume they are, do they have uh, nefarious intentions? You know? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. Let's, you know what? Th- these are unanswerable questions. Mm-hmm. So let's give you a few fun facts, if you don't already know them, mm-hmm. uh, about UFOs, aliens, extraterrestrials, everything that, you know, can't be explained away easily uh, for your next awkward encounter uh, with your kid's soccer coach. Yeah. That, or, uh, that, like, wants the kids to stretch a little too much. Or the guy who does your taxes. Or woman who does your taxes. Or the man or woman who does the taxes, but also insists you stretch a little too much. Yeah, that'd be awkward. Yeah. Both of those things are awkward. So what are you going to talk about in that situation? Okay. Um, number one, many UFO sightings are tied somehow to the government. And our government in the U.S. funds programs to research this phenomena even today they do they do and although the media has had a big influence on how we perceive aliens and ufos what we can't ignore is how similar many of the claims are in terms of abduction and experience Mm -hmm. uh if you do get abducted expect to be tested on medically with needles maybe even forced to have some alien sexy time i kind of i'm gonna be honest babe like if i was abducted like, oh, do you consider that cheating? No, I consider that probably rape. Oh, alien, gosh. Alien rape. That's awkward. Yeah. But what if at the time I was like, okay, I have to do this for the human race. And you wanted to? Yeah. And they gave you the option? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Okay. Um, well, speaking of which, aliens seem to possess powers we do not understand, such as telepathy uh, you know, an inclination toward uh, medicinal cures, remedies that we just can't comprehend, mm-hmm. and a vast knowledge of engineering based on descriptions of their, you know, crafts. Yeah, speaking of medicine, I just keep thinking of, hey, sorry, dude, we broke your plane. Let me try and cure your cancer. <laughs> but they didn't. Fucking shiny asparagus. They did not cure his cancer. They tried. Then they they're tried. obviously not that advanced. Just saying. True. The Ronald Reagan we know is a lie. So our, our last um, fright fact. Abduction stories and UFO sightings have been around forever and continue up to today. They do. They do. Um, we want to hear if any of you have anything you can't explain. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I had an experience once that I cannot explain. I was out uh, with a friend. Her name was Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Holland out there. I'm pretty sure last time I knew she was still out there in uh, Portland, Oregon. Um, she's got a band called cool. like, like a villain. So check them out. Um, we went out to, gosh, I'm pretty sure it's called uh, Cape disappointment in Washington state, <laughs> which is just like the coolest, saddest name of yeah. a, uh, uh, state park any, a, anywhere. Um, anyway, we just randomly drove out there mm-hmm. and, uh, it was obviously dark. It was at night. And we saw some weird lights that kind of seemed to follow us, not chase us, mm-hmm. kind of seemed to follow us in a, in a fashion that didn't seem like a satellite or an airplane or anything that I have ever seen move in that fashion. Well, it makes sense because a lot of these abduction stories happen in Washington, Washington State. They happen a lot in the Northwest, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, to be fair, we you know we were both kind of freaked out about it, but it didn't seem to affect our lives any more than that. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I don't really have anything. I've never seen a UFO, alien, never had any sort of experience like that. I'm just really curious about it. But she's seen ghosts. 
one ghost one time. Oh, you said you got touched by a ghost at Stanley Hotel. I did. Something weird touched my knee. Okay, see? There, there you go. But I didn't see it. You know, I like, I was in that room a lot, alone, showering, just soaping up. A little eerie. Never, never felt anything. Never felt anything myself. You didn't myself. feel a little bit unsettled? I didn't. But that, uh, you know, that that doesn't mean anything. So, but we want to hear from you. So, yes. you know, write in, uh, email us, tweet us. Um, Chris is going to give you all of our information right now because she's good at that and I'm not. Yes. Yeah, so we are on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Scarelove. Uh, that is Dr. Scarelove, Dr. Scarelove. Our email is drscarelove at gmail.com, and our website is drscarelove.com. We are available to listen on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Pocket Cast, Spotify, Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcasts. all the big ones. And um, so we gave a shout out to um, our listener, Genocide, in the last episode. We hope that we will get more reviews if you leave us a review. Um, we will give you a shout out. So yep, absolutely. Uh, remember, uh, we got merch coming, and uh, we just want you guys to keep finding those rabbit holes. Write in about uh, what you want us to talk about. Tell us what scares you, so we can love on that thing. Absolutely. All right. Love you guys. Love you. Bye bye. Research for this episode was conducted by Dr. Krista Marie DeBanke and Dr. Drew Atana. More information about today's topic, or any topic, can be found on our website, drscarelove.com.